It's time to take a journey to find your courage, break through your limits, and master your destiny. It's time for Ken D. Foster's Voices of Courage. Ken brings you some of the most courageous people on the planet that will inspire greatness within you and change your life for the better. It's time to see the unseeable, know the unknowable, and do the impossible. It's time for Voices of Courage. And here's your host, Ken D. Foster. Well, welcome to Voices of Courage. I'm your host, Ken D. Foster. Today is going to be an amazing show. Uh, it's probably going to take you on the ride of your life today. I've got a very special guest coming in the show. His name is Dr. Mark Waldman. He's written several books, over 12 books, I believe it is, with, uh, uh, all on the topic of neuroscience and how to see things that we've never been able to see before in the brain. And as a result of understanding how the brain works, to be able to change the way that your life is working for the better. I know at this very moment, that my audience can achieve extraordinary feats by harnessing the unlimited power of courage. I know this because I've used courage to change and transform just about everything in my life. You know, I'm not saying that I'm perfect at it. I'm not saying that it doesn't take a, a lot of work and a lot of challenges that show up in my life that I, I, um, uh, stumble through. I don't necessarily make all the right choices all the time, but over the last 21 years of working with thousands of individuals as a life coach, as a business strategist, and really as an explorer, an inner explorer of the mind to see how the mind works, I know that courage is the one piece that can transform your life into where you want to be. Everything comes from a place of desire. If you look around, everything in this room, everything in your environment, everything in this world came from this little spark of desire, right? So you had the desire to maybe, uh, somebody had the desire to create a microphone, right? So <clears throat> they started to think about that, but the, the, the difference between just a desire and it actually coming into material manifestation is courage, right? They had to have the courage to walk into the unknown, not knowing anything about maybe how to even put this together. Maybe they had some ideas, but they didn't know how to put a microphone together, for instance. So they had to walk into that piece. They had to start looking at things in a different way, and they had to start to transcend what their thinking was all about. So today, on this show today, I'm going to talk to you about seeing things that are unseeable for you right now. Uh, if, you're walk- if you're watching on Facebook right now, Facebook Live, you can go to uh, Ken D. Foster One on Facebook. And right now I'm showing you a cover of a book that recently came into my awareness. It is called Your Holiness by Debbie Ford, Discover the Light Within. Debbie was an amazing author, speaker, uh, transformational leader, and she had a bout with cancer for about five years, which the cancer finally won out. But not until Debbie transformed the lives of many, many, many people. A week ago, her sister came to an event called Women's Wisdom. And actually, the show is being sponsored by Women's Wisdom, so you can go to womenswisdom.net to find out all all about that. But uh, Ariel Ford, Debbie's sister, came to Women's Wisdom, and she told this amazing story. She said that after Debbie passed, she was invited to go and visit the famous psychic James Von Prague. He had just moved down uh, in San Diego area. And uh, Ariel, along with her uh, mother, Sheila, and her uh, husband, Brian, were invited to go over to James's house for a reading. So they went over to the house, and um, the first thing that uh, uh, happened was that Debbie Ford, Ariel's sister, started coming through. And Debbie said to Ariel, you've got to write a book with me. You've got to write a prayer book with me. And Ariel's first response was, "No, uh, you're 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 gone. I'm I'm here. I'm living my life. I'm not writing your book." 
But Debbie kept coming through, coming through, and finally, before the session was over, Ariel agreed to write the book. So the first thing Ariel did was discuss this with her husband, Brian, on the way back from this reading. And Brian said, you know, Debbie had talked to me about writing these these prayers. And so that sparked Ariel's interest. And Ariel called up uh, Julie. And Julie was one of Debbie's uh, key, key players. She, she was her web designer, her producer, her, her caretaker in the end. Julie knew a lot about Debbie. And so... Ariel said, you know, I got this message that I'm supposed to write this prayer book with, uh, with my sister who's no longer here. She's on the other side. And, and Julie just laughed and said, you know, Ariel, Debbie wrote the book. It's intact and I have it. Ariel was floored. So the next thing she did is she called Debbie's publish, uh, publicist Gideon at, um, uh, uh, at Harper One and Gideon says, you know, I've been feeling guilty for years. Debbie really wanted me to uh, 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 put a book out there on prayers, but I told her to stay in, not in the prayer lane, but in her lane, in her, because uh, Debbie did a lot of work around the psychology, right? Not not about the spiritual uh, life. And so Gideon advised her to stay that, uh, down her lane and convinced her to do so, um, but Anyway, so Ariel said, well, I have this book. I want you to look at it. So sure enough, um, they, uh, they got this book, and, or Gideon got the book, and uh, what he did was he looked at it, and uh, he, he loved it, and so now it's out there. It's called Your Holiness by Debbie Ford. So the reason I bring that to light is that most of us have had experiences that we couldn't really maybe understand, right? I can remember uh, experience in my own life where I was uh, maybe 10 years old at the time and I was sitting on the front porch of a friend's uh, home and I, I was lonely. He wasn't there and they'd gone on vacation. He was my one friend in the neighborhood and I was sitting on that porch thinking and all of a sudden this incredible peace came over me. And I never forget it because it was so profound. That peace lasted for days in my life. And I always wondered, what is that peace? How do I transcend? How do I find that peace? Well, it's interesting. Even in Debbie's book, the Holy, uh, Your Holiness, she writes about her addiction with uh, heavy drugs. She was on cocaine and Percocet and, and Valium and some of, the, some of the heavy drugs. And she writes at about a point where she was at her wit's end and she really wanted to transform this and change this, this negativity in her life. And so she got on her knees and she, and she prayed to this uh, thing we, you know, we call God or the universe or what, whatever you want to call it, but she prayed. And in, in the instant, as she writes in this book, in the instant she was transformed from a place of looking for drugs and running around, uh, totally uh, anxious, stressed out, uh, angry, upset, to a place of calmness, of peace, of presence, of joy. So that is possible for everyone, isn't it? See, I've had my own experiences with that. I've actually gone that same path that, uh, that negative dark side that Debbie Ford was on, I was on that place. And I remember walking into a, uh, a recovery meeting at the time, and a big guy, his name was Jim. And Jim uh, opened his arms up, and it, when I walked into this door, he says, welcome home. I remember in that moment, all of a sudden, there was a sense of peace and tranquility that came over me that I'd never experienced in my life. So, the reason I bring that up is because I believe it takes courage for us to transcend those places that we are feeling anxious or nervous or upset or crazy or mean or whatever it is into a place where we have a sense of joy, happiness, and, and love in our life. And see, I believe this. Everybody is seeking uh, freedom. I'm seeking freedom. How about you? I'm seeking freedom from worry, from stress, from unhappiness, from problems. Um, you know, wouldn't you agree that most people want more money because they think it'll give them more freedom to do what they want? 
or they want maybe a better career to have more freedom uh, to take time off, or they want better relationships to have more peace and more love, which is why, why we need to really think about how to get that freedom, right? How to, how to be able to transcend anything that's stopping us. You know, there's a, a story that I want to mention also, and that story is about, it's been told many times, but I love telling it because it's a story of a young boy who goes to his grandfather and his grandfather is a very wise sage who's worked on himself for many, many years. And the grandfather says to the young man, he says, you know, I want, I want to tell you how life works. I want to tell you the key principle of life. And the little boy says, well, what's that grandpa? And he says, well, Within us are two wolves, and the one wolf is a white wolf. The wolf is good and happy and joyful and caring and compassionate and filled with love and understanding and wisdom. And then there's a black wolf, and that wolf is filled with anger and stress and meanness and uh, uh, a sense of wanting to control and be the center of attention and be the end all for every everything that it touches. And within, the grandpa said, within all of us are these two wolves. He says, within me. And he said, so we have to understand, first of all, that they're in there. And second of all, how it works. And little boy says, well, how does it work? And the grandfather said this. He says, listen. It's like anything in life. If you feed with your mind the negativity, then the black wolf will be predominant in your consciousness. If you feed life with joy, with love, with happiness, then the wolf that is white will be part of your life. It really doesn't matter what you choose. You can choose the dark or the light. But whichever one you feed will predominantly rule your life. I always love that story because that story really tells the story of humanity, of what we're all struggling with. And isn't it that freedom that we want to transcend our lives with? It is the freedom to be able to be at peace and joy and happiness. Listen, coming up in the next segment, I have Mark Waldman. Again, Mark has written 10 books Mark is going to uh, be talking about the neuroscience of, of seeing things that are unseen and be able to use those pieces to transcend our lives and take our lives to a completely new level. I'll be right back. We'll be back with more Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Attention business owners, the feeling of being overwhelmed, stressed out, and facing difficult business challenges goes hand in hand with being an entrepreneur. But there are solutions, and it's time to explore the possibilities. You work hard as an entrepreneur. Give yourself the break you deserve. Ken D. Foster is the business coach for you. Ken has over 21 years of experience with leaders just like you, who trust to share what is truly going on in their business and that thing called life. You're invited to set up a free confidential consultation with Ken. His wisdom, guided methods, and unique strategies will bring you to new heights and breakthrough obstacles. Visit KenDFoster.com to set up your free confidential consultation. It's time to achieve your dreams because you deserve a successful business and a balanced, happy life. Sound great? Find out how to make this happen. Visit KenDFoster.com. That's KenDFoster.com. KenDFoster.com. Would you like to help someone in need to move from poverty to prosperity? Stars of Courage, a 501c3 nonprofit, is looking for established life coaches with experience in education and career mentorship to build confidence and create clear paths to success. Join our team of experienced coaches in a wide variety of fields, equipped with warm hearts with a passion for lifting up those in need. Our Stars of Courage. Find out how you can make a difference at starsofcourage.org. That's starsofcourage.org. We're back with Voices of Courage. And now your host, Ken D. Foster. 
Well, welcome back to Voices of Courage, and we're being brought to you by Women's Wisdom, women empowering women in friendship and business. You can visit their website at womenswisdom.net. Wow, I'm excited. I have author, neuroscientist, therapist, and the world's leading expert on spirituality and the brain, Mark Waldman, on the show with me right now. Mark is one of the world's leading experts on communication, spirituality, and the brain. He's on the faculty at Loyola Marymount University's College of Business and the Holmes Institute. He was the founding member and associate fellow at the Center for Spirituality and the Mind, Spirituality and the Mind at the University of Pennsylvania. Mark has authored 12 books, including national bestseller, How God Changes Your Brain, which Oprah selected as one of the nine must-read books. His research has been published in peer-reviewed journals throughout the world, and his work has been featured in Time Magazine, The Washington Post, The New York Times, Forbes, Entrepreneur, Business Weekly, and of course, Oprah Magazine. Mark, welcome to the show. I'm delighted to be here, Ken. Thank you so much. You know, Mark, I was talking about uh, Debbie Ford's uh, book. It's called Your Holiness and how uh, yeah. James Von Prague, the uh, the medium that um, uh, met with Debbie's sister, Ariel, had uh, really just been a channel for the two of them to connect. And as a result of that, uh, this book came into being. It's called Your Holiness. I know you've done a lot of research on psychics and mediums and uh, sages and saints and all kinds of interesting people uh, around neuroscience. How, how do, what, what were your findings? What did you find out about this? Well, Andy Newberg and I uh, have been doing brain scan studies and research for the last, uh, wow, yeah, more uh, 15, 15 years now. And the first studies that we did were on the more familiar forms of meditation, like uh, Buddhist uh, meditation and uh, Christian centering prayer. But Andy had also did a study uh, quite early on, and it was featured on uh, National Geographic, which was Pentecostal speaking in tongues. What was going on when a person taps into this other dimension where different voices uh, uh, can come through to you, maybe the voice of God, the Holy Spirit, however you want to envision it. And then in the last book that Andy and I did together, uh, it's called How Enlightenment Changes Your Brain. In these relaxed, contemplative, self-reflective meditations that most of us are familiar with, which also would include transcendental meditation, you're sitting very quietly and you're kind of Let's say maybe you're focusing on peace, and the more deeper you focus on peace and have a sense of peace flowing through you, we begin to see areas in your brain like the frontal lobe begin to become far more active. And these are areas that are not only filled with creative imagination, but it's where our everyday consciousness exists, and it's where uh, we, make, we make our everyday decisions from. Another part of your brain is your parietal lobe. This is where your sense of self is created. So as you're meditating, you are feeling more and more connected with whatever you are meditating on. And these have profound neurological and psychological benefits. It helps you to control your emotions. It helps you to think better. It helps you to feel more peaceful, more connected to other people. It lights up your social brain. Hmm. That's interesting. So, so let me ask you this, Mark, because um, uh, I've had an experience in my life where at one point in time, I decided that I wanted to be able to uh, see auras, right? So mm-hmm. I started, I, I found somebody that had uh, claimed to see auras, and I said, well, teach me your technique. I want to see if I can do this myself. And so uh, they did. They said, "What uh, what you want to do is you want to look at an individual um, and try to look uh, a little off to to right or left of their uh, stare at their at their eyes and look at the kind of right or left of that, and you'll start to see this little energy around them. Eventually, it starts out as kind of a little white around their head, and they they told me eventually you'll see this uh, these colors, right?" 
And, uh, you know, I practiced it for a month and next month and the next month, nothing happened. One day I was sitting in a coaching session and all of a sudden this woman, uh, out of her heart area, it just completely turned green, a bright green, like almost a fluorescent green. I was just perplexed. And from that day on, I could start to see these, these different colors come out of people depending on where they were energetically in their in their energetic field, right? They were angry. I'd see these darker colors or reds come out. If they were in a joyful place, I'd see these other colors come out. I, I thought I was I thought it was interesting, but I didn't know if it was real or not. Was I making that up? What was going on there? Because you're seeing things in the brain of people who are experiencing joy and peace and love and, and what have you. But I'm wondering if these experiences are even real. Well, so I'm going to answer in three different ways. First of all, I want to share with you, uh, I think, Andy Newberg's and my biggest, most amazing and confounding discovery we've had over these past 15 years of researching uh, the nature of the brain. And it boils down to one, one sentence. And there's my dog barking in the background. You want to come on in? Come on in. So was that dog actually barking or was that my, or, or was that my imagination? In this case, there's a part of your brain that's always designed to pay attention to the environment. And so when you bump into, you know, in the middle of the night, you bump into a chair. No, that's not your imagination. But when we're awake, it turns out that the part of our brain that's more attuned to the objects in the world are turned off and we're operating more in our imagination centers in our frontal lobes. We're dreaming up all the possibilities that we might be able to do during the day, you know, make more money, make a better connection with our, you know, with our kids. Another part of our imagination is worrying all the time. Well, what if I, you know... What if I invest in this stock and it and it and it goes down and oh my God it rains and my my drains are plugged up in the yard and the house is going to flood. This is all of the creative imagination centers from your brain. Well, it turns out, as far as we can tell, other than identifying what object is in front of you and in the world, which we're not even consciously aware of, the reality that we think we see is not real. Okay. The flips the flip side of that coin is whatever we imagine is existing in the world, the neurons in those imagination centers go all the way back to the visual cortex and parietal lobe to all of the reality sensing parts of our brain and it assumes whatever you're imagining is real, even though it isn't. So we spend most of our time living in an illusionary world. If we believe that God exists, neuroscience tells us that that's an illusion. But if we believe that God doesn't exist, that too is an illusion. So we're constantly living in our frontal lobe so with this I, creative I, imagination. I, I, I get this, and here's, here's, what, here's the piece that I get, okay? It's our intellectual knowledge of either believing or not believing that often prevents us from having a real experience of this divine presence or energy or whatever we call it that's here because our intellect basically stops us from experiencing reality as it is. Is that what you're saying? Our imagination stops us from it. And if we didn't have imagination, we'd probably be more like, you know, a lizard or a snake who just wakes up, pays attention to the environment, goes, eats what it needs to eat, protects itself from any, uh, from any predator, and we go on. But we live in this imaginary realm. So we create all these amazing things, and we also create all this chaos that we see in the world as well. Well, you know, what's interesting, you were talking about meditation, and you're saying that, um, you know, meditation for me, because I'm, a, I'm a, a great believer in meditation. It gets me out of my mind. It frees me from this uh, chaotic, stress, uh, stressful intellect that can be there. And I find a sense of peace. I find a sense of... It uplifts me. It, it, it opens up the creative centers, as you were saying earlier. Um, but, what, but what I'm saying to you from a neuroscience point of view, and this is, always, this is extremely disturbing, because if you begin to realize that, re, that your reality is not, never real, your sense of peace that you've created, and it's one of my favorite meditations to do, also isn't real. 
So what happens is that the more you meditate on a positive quality or negative quality, the more real it begins to feel. So if you choose to meditate on positive qualities, you'll be happier, you'll feel more peaceful, you'll feel more alive, anything that you desire or you think you desire, but it's still not real. Now, the benefit of this is when you're worrying that the stock market will collapse or you're worrying (laughs) that the divorce is going to ruin your life, this too is a fantasy. It's not real. So if you can step back to another place in your brain where you observe all of these positive and negative thoughts and feelings and fantasies and realities that may or may not be real, then you begin to watch and observe and you see that you're not your thoughts. That creates a different set, a sense of awareness, and that, we think, brings you a little bit closer to the reality that may exist. But Okay, listen, I've got to take a break, but when we come back, I want to talk about the reality that does exist and how I can... I like to manipulate reality. I don't know about you, but I want to get my what I want. So let's talk about that when we come back. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. The dog days are over. The dog days are done. The horses are coming. So you better run. Would you like to help someone in need to move from poverty to prosperity? Stars of Courage, a 501c3 nonprofit, is looking for established life coaches with experience in education and career mentorship to build confidence and create clear paths to success. Join our team of experienced coaches in a wide variety of fields, equipped with warm hearts with a passion for lifting up those in need. Our Stars of Courage. Find out how you can make a difference at starsofcourage.org. That's starsofcourage.org. Attention business owners, the feeling of being overwhelmed, stressed out, and facing difficult business challenges goes hand in hand with being an entrepreneur. But there are solutions, and it's time to explore the possibilities. You work hard as an entrepreneur. Give yourself the break you deserve. Ken D. Foster is the business coach for you. Ken has over 21 years of experience with leaders just like you, who trust to share what is truly going on in their business and that thing called life. You're invited to set up a free conversation confidential consultation with Ken. His wisdom, guided methods, and unique strategies will bring you to new heights and breakthrough obstacles. Visit KenDFoster.com to set up your free confidential consultation. It's time to achieve your dreams because you deserve a successful business and a balanced, happy life. Sound great? Find out how to make this happen. Visit KenDFoster.com. That's KenDFoster.com. KenDFoster.com. We're back with Voices of Courage. And now your host, Ken D. Foster. The dog days are over. The dog days are done. Well, welcome back to Voices of Courage Radio with Ken D. Foster. I'm your host. Today we're talking about neuroscience and the brain and how to see things that are unseeable and create realities that probably don't even exist uh, and, and understand how we are creating a reality. So, Mark, let's talk a little bit more about this subject. It's fascinating. Um, are there any particular strategies that we can use to like tune into what reality is? Well, that's what's interesting. If you go along with, the, with this premise that the reality we are normally seeing is really a fantasy and an imagination, and that most of the meditations that we're doing is simply creating positive fantasies of realities that make us physiologically and psychologically and neurologically feel better and function better, that's great. But God forbid you happen to be the kind of person who wants to say, I want to find out what reality actually is. In order to do that, you have to find a way of suspending all of your thoughts, all of your positive and negative thoughts. You have to interrupt your everyday view of reality. And it turns out that there's a number of practices that does that with the brain. It does the exact opposite. It turns off your frontal lobe so you, you have neither positive thoughts or negative thoughts. It turns off your parietal lobes. Your sense of self absolutely disappears. And the state that you are in is like a trance-like state. And I don't know how many people in the world have experienced that. But in Zen meditation, you stare at a blank wall. And any thought that comes in, 
you interrupt yourself or the teacher comes by and whacks you on the shoulder. Or if you do a very powerful movement, ritual, mantra, mudra, in other words, if I kept just repeating, uh, and every tradition has one of these, om, 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 or la, ilaha, illallah, la, ilaha, illallah, that's a Sufi meditation. Mm-hmm. Or what, what we found in our brain scan study of Brazilian mediums who are channeling the dead, they do the same thing. They put themselves into this trans-like state. They actually train themselves to turn off that part of the brain where your sense of self comes from. They actually turn off that part of your brain that even has you connected to reality. And you enter a realm that is undescribable. And in that state, you know, for example, Pentecostals will turn on gospel music and they'll start dancing. And I think you and I and most people know that you can go to a dance concert and you can get so lost Mm -hmm. in the sound or the music or if you ever join the drumming festival, you get pulled into the sound of that drumming and it's almost like it's cathartic, a different reality. Yeah, it is a different reality. That's um, okay. So that's that's interesting. So you study this around the world, and it's the same thing. You know, I tell you know, in the Christian Bible, it says, "Be still and know God." Be still, right? No. But so what are we still? A, are we, what I'm hearing you say is we're stilling somehow our mind. No. The, yes. The moment you're saying that you're being still, but that's an idea about being still. It's an idea, but and that's the idea is to be be completely still. Is that right? Right. Yes, but now your frontal lobes are lit up. So now you're experiencing stillness and you're experiencing God using any idea you thought about uh, or read about. That you still haven't interrupted your, your everyday reality. You're still living in an illusionary world. Okay? So you have to interrupt it. You have to throw away all your notions of God and stillness and everything. You, wanna obliter- you want to obliterate your mind, which is what Zen practice is about what these chanting practices are about and what these esoteric mystical... Well, let me ask you, why would I want to obliterate my mind? It's what I use to get along in the world. Why would anybody want to do that? That is true. You use that to get along in the world, but you want to obliterate your mind because you're so darn curious, you want to find out what reality actually is. Is it true? Is there a God or not? Are there auras or not? Are mediums actually uh, channeling the dead or not? So when you put yourself in this state, and we have you in a brain scan machine, we see that you've turned off your logic, your reason, your optimism, your pessimism. You've turned off your sense of self. There's no longer any you. This is an. Ex- so I have a I have a question. I, I yeah. have a question for you on this, Mark. I, I'm. Um, in the meditation practice that I use, um, many times we go breathless. Okay, so and I I've noticed that the mind seems to be tied into the breath. Have you experienced that in your research? Uh, no, because if you um, if you focus in on your breathing, there's still that sense that you are breathing. No, you're not but focused you on breathe, the breathing in, in what I do. Okay, you're just you're, you're you're not trying to breathe or not breathe. You're just you're just being with it. But as the mind you, seems to still, the breath seems you, to still. Do you get to a place where the entire room disappears, the entire world disappears, you disappear? I mean, you yeah, are Yeah, I do. I do. I do get to that. somewhere else. Yeah, somewhere else. In that, in that particular state, if in that particular state, when you start to come out of it, because you can't stay in it for very long, if you stayed in it, you would be diagnosed catatonic schizophrenic. Okay? Okay. You've turned off, you've turned off the two most essential things that you use to function in the world, even though you can't see what the world really is, you still use it. Like I said, the brain doesn't care about reality. The brain only cares about getting what it desires. <laughs> but in that state, when you've suspended everything, this we have found is the ideal state to have an aha experience. I've used all my powers. I've tried to figure out what God is or what peace is and everything else. I have failed. I have pushed. I've pushed. I give up. I'm exhausted. And something shuts down. Your mind that turns off and you simply are. In that state, you begin to experience how you, the rest of your brain is actually working. And it seems a little psychotic or can seem blissful, but 
it won't last for more than, um, from what we can tell, maybe about five minutes. Then you start coming back to everyday reality. In that state, if you now go back to your contemplative meditation and you now ask your intuition, share with me something new about the world. Let me discover something new. I remember doing that saying, okay, you know, show me something about the human brain I've never known. And absolutely nothing came to me. Okay. (laughs) But in that state, that's where these aha experiences come through. And how you know it's happened is that your old belief system crumbles. That happens from being in that trance-like state. And now you're totally open to anything else going on that's outside of your old belief system. That's where you can see a new glimpse of reality, have a new belief system that transforms the direction of your life. But now you're back into everyday reality with a new sense of self. So you're back into a different illusionary world that seems to work better for you than the old illusionary world. And maybe that's what life's about, that we're basically stripping away the veils of illusion. And that's talked about in a lot of spiritual traditions. Maybe we never get there. Well, you know, I think there's I think there's something really practical about what you're saying here, because what I've experienced in my own meditation practices is that this energy that I connect to, and I think I'll just say it in different words, same thing you you're saying, but it's all encompassing. It's 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 this creative force, this piece that is unexplainable, really, um, that is there that seems to um collapse old yes. paradigms that I've been living in and opens up a new thought or a new idea or some some little inkling that when I hear it or I feel it in that state, when I come back into this we call reality, I take that and start to go down that path and that's that is the courage path, right? Because you don't yes. know where that's going to lead you. But, you know, but you you take it. And, of course, it's led me to radio show host and uh, writing uh, books and meeting you and being your friend. You you know, a lot of things that we went down together, actually, you and I have. Um, Yes, 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 and yes, and yes. And that was what we documented in the How Enlightenment Changed Your Brain book. And then I created a couple of webinars, How to Create That Enlightenment Experience by through, you know, seven or eight very simple strategies that you can do to turn off your frontal lobes and your parietal lobe, to take a moment and interrupt your whole belief system, and then just ask that question. Well, Mark, listen, I I want to find out about how we turn off those frontal lobe systems, uh, and I'd like to uh, invite you to stay on. I think, do you have a few more minutes we can talk about this? Because I think this is fascinating for my audience. Yes. Okay, so listen, I, before I go to break, I want the audience to know how to get a hold of you. What's your uh, website? I think go to www.markrobertwaldman.com, and you'll actually find a, uh, both a little ebook on these mind-blowing discoveries about the nature of reality, and you'll also find a free little enlightenment email system where I'll send you a whole, these, all of these strategies that I'm about to share. It'll guide you through a path to enlightenment. Okay, we'll be right back with those strategies. We'll be back with more Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Attention business owners. The feeling of being overwhelmed, stressed out, and facing difficult business challenges goes hand-in-hand with being an entrepreneur. But there are solutions, and it's time to explore the possibilities. You work hard as an entrepreneur. Give yourself the break you deserve. Ken D. Foster is the business coach for you. Ken has over 21 years of experience with leaders just like you who trust to share what is truly going on in their business and that thing called life. You're invited to set up a free confidential consultation with Ken. His wisdom, guided methods, and unique strategies will bring you to new heights and breakthrough obstacles. Visit KenDFoster.com to set up your free confidential consultation. It's time to achieve your dreams because you deserve a successful business and a balanced, happy life. Sound great? Find out how to make this happen. Visit KenDFoster.com. That's KenDFoster.com. KenDFoster.com. 
Would you like to help someone in need to move from poverty to prosperity? Stars of Courage, a 501c3 nonprofit, is looking for established life coaches with experience in education and career mentorship to build confidence and create clear paths to success. Join our team of experienced coaches in a wide variety of fields, equipped with warm hearts with a passion for lifting up those in need. Our Stars of Courage. Find out how you can make a difference at starsofcourage.org. That's starsofcourage.org. We're back with Voices of Courage. And now your host, Ken D. Foster. Well, welcome back to Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. I'm your host. We're being brought to you by Women's Wisdom, Women Empowering Women in Friendship and Business. Today, we're talking with esteemed author, Mark Waldman, and we're talking about neuroscience and how to turn off the brain to have a experience uh, of a lifetime, really. Mark, um, this is fascinating stuff. Um, so how do we, how do we practically uh, turn off this brain? Is there any exercises that we could do or one exercise you could teach us? Yes, but I don't want you to do this if you're driving and you have any and you have any important work to do in the next half hour. Because if you go deep into this state, it is rather disturbing. When you step out of everyday reality, it's both exciting and it can be exhausting and it can be a little bit disorienting as well. So the first thing I want everyone to do is just to close their eyes, maybe yawn and stretch and really deeply relax. Okay, I'm on camera doing it. So we, we're doing that as you, people are listening to us here. And we're going to use, there are a couple of words. And one of the interesting neuroscientific studies done is that they compared making the sound to the sound of mmm, as in the word om. Mm-hmm. So what I want you to do is just to immerse yourself as fully possible, and you can even do this with me, Ken, and and all of our listeners and viewers can do it as well. Just take a deep breath in, and as you exhale, just go, Om. And really draw out that M and do it again. Om. I want to let our note, uh, audience know, if you just tuned in, we're talking with Mark Waldman, and we're giving uh, you a technique to be able to release this uh, reality that you're living in right now. Go ahead, Mark. Hum your way to enlightenment. <laughs> Hum our way to enlightenment. Okay. okay. Now, how, how, often, that, how often would we do that? Uh, how often should you be doing this exercise? Mm-hmm. Well, I would say do it once for about five minutes. Uh, but when you're doing I want you to add another thing to it. Not only do I want you to go home, I want you to start rocking your body in whatever way feels intuitive. You can rock back and forth or side to side. To side, to side. So you're going, um and I'm rocking back and forth and see if you can immerse yourself into it. You know, almost like if you've ever done, you know, where you do dancing and you just lose yourself in the movement. So you start falling into this movement and seeing if you can deliberately obliterate your thoughts. Mm. You mm. lose yourself in the sound. You lose yourself uh, in Okay, so let me ask you, let me ask you this. When a person comes out of this state, because I, I get we're not going to be able to do this right this moment, but we're going to, ask our audience to do this in their in their spare time when they got a few minutes yeah. today. Um, when you come out of that state or when you transcend that, that mind, right, and you get that state, you're starting to feel a sense of peace, what can a person well, do at that moment that might better their life? Here's a very important step. After you've done that and you feel that you've altered your sense of reality in some way and you feel a little strange or disoriented, as you come back into everyday consciousness, I want you to repeat the word peace, 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 or any other word that has deep personal meaning or value to you. It could be God. It could be love. Whatever deep value you have, keep repeating that word for two or three minutes, and you'll begin to feel that warm sense of serenity and peace and connectedness again. Then at that moment, ask your intuition, share with me something new about myself or this world that I never knew before. Hmm. 
and then just sit quietly for another two or three minutes. And maybe something will whisper to you. It's almost, it's not a language-based thing. It may simply, if I do it right now, the first thing that comes to me is I have an image of God, and God says, Mark, there you go, being silly again. Have fun with it if you want, but so what? And so, okay, I get this strange message. That's kind of like speaking in tongues. And then I ask myself, all right, how might that be useful to me? And the first thing that comes to my mind, again, using my intuition is, hey, Mark, whatever meditation you do, whatever conversation you have, whatever interview you have, have fun with it. The more fun that you bring into your life, Mark, the more rich, the more enjoyable, the more alive you will feel. And that feels so good to me. I'm going to go, wow. You know, I I, I like like that piece. I love that piece because I think, you know, my listeners right now, you know, they're tolerating things in their life. They're tolerating challenges in their health or their finance or their career, relationship, maybe their spiritual life, their friendship, social life, their well-being. They're challenging. These are challenges. And what, what I'm hearing from you is that you're giving our audience a tool to maybe focus on, you know, one area, maybe focus on none of them. Because they're, they're, I've, I've found over the last 20 years of coaching individuals, when you, it's like a, a, a domino's lined up. When you push the, the, uh, the main domino, everything else starts to collapse and you start seeing things in a new light. Is that, is that your experience, Mark? Do you think they should focus yeah. on one area or just let this, the energy be what it is? Well, all I can share with you is how I make use of this fact that the reality we see is never real. And so I assume that there must be hundreds, if not thousands, of realities. So the reality that I just had, hey, Mark, bring more laughter and humor into everything you do. This is the reality that I'm going to play with. But for every new problem that comes up, I'm going to assume that the problem may or may not be real. Right. And I'm going to take a moment again and maybe interrupt my thoughts through an ohm process and then a peace process and then ask my intuition. Is there a piece of insight that you can provide? And this is what I use in my neurocoaching strategy with individuals. I teach them how to tap into this inner part of this inner wisdom that actually resides in a specific unique circuit in the brain that's stimulated by these exercises. And that way you learn how to trust yourself and have confidence in yourself and knowing that this is only a partial reality, but I can do it every day if I want and anytime I'm in a problem and I'll gain a new insight and life will continue to unfold and I'll continue to see new dimensions of this incredible world. Well, you know what I love about this, Mark, is what you're telling people to do is like find themselves, you know, go use a process to get out of your thinking, to get out of your head, to get out of your mind. And, you know, everybody's chasing the big secret, right? You know, you know, everybody knows something that we don't know, right? Um, but you know, I well, well, I think a lot of people are, and I think, and here's what I've come to: that there is no big secret, right? The answers are within us, and we, like you're saying, we're all making this up, right? If you're going to make up something, like you just said, why, well, why not bring in more joy and happiness in my life? <laughs> you know, if we're going to make it up, well, what would what would have to happen for me to have that in my life, right? Um, so what I've learned is to always say to every question, maybe yes, maybe no. Let me go inside and get a sense of this moment reality and see if it's useful for me, and then I'll continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I like that. I, I think there's a piece, though, that people a lot of times try to model everybody else's behaviors and be like them, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think these kind of practices help you to bring out who you really are. Who, what, what is that spark, that spirit, that, that, uh, that purpose, that desire that's within the individual that when you, f- when you still yourself, you quiet your mind, you get still, you slow down, all of a sudden you, you get those pieces revealed. And I, you know, I don't know about you, Mark, but that's been my path. And yeah. I, it, it, it works consistently. That's why I meditate every day, because those pieces come into my life every single day. If I can discover a new reality every day, which of course makes sense because the brain is a living organism. It's changing every day. You don't have the same brain you had yesterday. You have different neural connections. If I can discover a new reality, that keeps me interesting. Interested. If it's really interesting, I'll share it with somebody else. That allows me to write yet another book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, uh, there's a part of us, too, I think, that 
Do you feel like we're, there's a purpose in life for everybody, or, or is everybody just wandering around making this all up? You know. I think that the human brain has a hidden purpose to it, which is somewhat disconnected from the way we like to think about what our purpose should be, that most people are walking around with a purpose that's been imposed upon them by their parents and their teachers and their ministers and their rabbis. And so again, here's a wonderful, simple strategy to go, let me see if I can tap into someplace inside of me, whether it's God or spirit or just, you know, the intuitive neurological functioning of my brain, to have a deeper sense of what is passionate and meaningful for me. What we find, we ask people, what is your deepest innermost value? Everybody will come up with a different word, but if you share that word in a room with 100 people, everyone will agree that everybody's deep meaning innermost value is valuable when we all suddenly feel like we're members of the same church. That's good. Well, I don't know if we're going to answer this question today, but, um, you know, are we, are we creating our destiny or is destiny being created for us? I, I sense there's a little of both, but what you're saying here and what I believe is that you can change your destiny by getting out of your minds. You know, your great, if everybody looks around, their greatest thinking has got them exactly where they are. So it's not going to get you any further than you are. You're going to have to let go of your greatest thinking Go into a place of the unknown, which takes courage. Uh, and I challenge my listeners to, that are listening right now, practice what Mark just shared with you. You can also go on my website at uh, kendfoster.com. There's a, there's a uh, science of meditation book up there that's free for anybody who wants to learn about meditation. Um, but practice these practices because this is what's going to transcend your life. Mark, any final thoughts on this? Yes, if you simply take a moment and just say to yourself right now, you know, the reality I see may not be the reality that uh, may, may be a reality that doesn't really exist, that there's a deeper, greater reality out there. Maybe just that question enough is enough to pause, to allow you to look at the world through fresh eyes, and that to me is rejuvenating. That's, yeah, that is rejuvenating. You know, coming up on Voices of Courage, I have a, a guest that's going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks. This guest sold his company for $5.7 billion, and he did it by doing some of the, in fact, all the principles we're talking about today and then some. And he's going to be talking about those principles, how you can change your reality by letting go of what you think you know, because what you think you know has got you stuck in many ways, right? And I, I personally can talk about it myself. I can say that by letting go of what I thought I knew in relationship, I was able to find my incredible wife, Judy, marry her, and we've been married for over 18 years. In finance, when I let go of what I thought I need, uh, knew in finance, I was able to create wealth and abundance beyond belief in all areas of my life. And you can do the same. This is what this show is all about. Voices of Courage. I'm bringing the voices of people that really have different points of view. If you'll listen to the next five uh, shows, you're going to be blown away before you're halfway through. We're bringing the best of the best. You can listen to me on KCBQ 1170 AM in San Diego on Sunday mornings or across the nation. You can tune in to uh, get, go to VoicesOfCourage.us and we're on podcast stations and Alexa and everything else. So I hope you'll tune in, tell your friends about us. Thanks so much for joining me today. I look forward to bringing an exceptional guest in my next show. Thanks for joining us for Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting voicesofcourage.us. Be sure to join us next Sunday at 10 a.m. as Ken brings more stories of courage that will inspire greatness within you and change your life for the better. This has been Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Whatever.